This is a Diet of Brussels. How does most favoured nation status uh, play a role in uh, the Brexit discussion? Most favoured nation status is something which is um, a key part of uh, modern international trade. Essentially, it's a, a recognition uh, that uh, you would give equal trading uh, rights to another country uh, as uh, that which you give to uh, any other country. So uh, you shouldn't be treating uh, uh, a country that has... Uh, most favoured nation status, uh, any less uh, advantageously than any other country with that status. So it's about equity of treatment. Now, uh, so much uh, for, for that in theory, and the concept should be fairly clear, is that uh, of how that works. But it matters because in the modern system, uh, most countries are members of the World Trade, Organis- Trade Organization who have agreed that uh, they give each other most favoured nation status. So in essence, uh, with a few notable exceptions, uh, MFN, uh, as it's more easily discussed, uh, matters because it sets a baseline. Now, in the context of Brexit, that matters uh, because all EU members are uh, WTO members, uh, and so there must be... uh, some kind of uh, recognition of that. Now, uh, the treatment uh, that is accorded to the UK uh, is exempted. That There's an exemption in the uh, WTO uh, agreements for regional trade blocks. Uh, so it means that the EU can remove all of its barriers uh, uh, between members, but maintain barriers between members and the rest of the world. So they don't have to extend their MFN status to uh, the rest of the world. Now, one of the questions is what happens if the UK leaves to MFN? And I'll admit this wasn't something I particularly thought about, but again, this is something which has come out of the uh, Open Europe event that I uh, attended and did the the broadcast from in the uh, other episode. There's a question mark here because this hasn't really been an issue, it hasn't been an issue before, because uh, Greenland's uh, exit in uh, 1985 predated the existence of the WTO. Um, if the UK left, then what's its MFN status in relation to the EU? Currently, it would be, uh, you could make one of two arguments. One is that it would fall on the outside of the external tariff, and it would be treated in the way that other uh, uh, MFN state uh, countries uh, are treated. Now, that would be logical, uh, but there might also be an argument, uh, which was being put forward by uh, some discussants, that actually, uh, because the current status of uh, UK-EU relations, uh, economically speaking, is a complete uh, absence of uh, any tariffs uh, or barriers, that that would need to be maintained once the UK left the system, that there's a kind of a grandfathering of rights out. Now, that's problematic uh, for a number of reasons. One, because it means that then the UK would be treated uh, differently to other uh, MFN countries. So, you know, would the UK have to uh, liberalise all barriers to all countries? Or does it mean that uh, the, the system has to change in some kind of way? 
the complication beyond that, you know, for how we treat that, is that the World Trade Organization agreements don't cover everything that the EU covers. So what happens to the things that aren't covered by WTO? Now, you might imagine a situation uh, where there is uh, an agreement to, to work out a new relationship. And you would imagine that something would be possible in the two years after the uh, uh, notification of the desire to leave. But if there isn't uh, at that point, and there isn't an agreement by negotiating parties to extend that period, then you're left with the UK leaving, but with no agreement. And then we fall back onto other rules and regulations. Now here we have a real uh, gap arguably there's a way through the WTO arrangements, which is probably that it's treated like other MFN nations. But for everything else, we have uh, no clear way through. We might imagine that the UK, given that it already follows EU regulations, would simply uh, have to follow those if it wanted to have access, so there wouldn't be any reason not to give access. But you can see there's lots of potential here. And actually, it gives us a very good reason for wondering, well, what will those post-exit uh, ne- post, uh, uh, negotiations actually look like should they take place? So w- we shouldn't assume that things are cast in stone and that there is, uh, in fact, no fixed way that this can be resolved or uh, will be resolved if there isn't a, an agreement.